Welcome everybody to Witch Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we search for a common ground among a florid field of images in Stella Dixit Universe. Next up, we settle for nothing less than dominance over that classic city of old, Catan. And lastly, we hope to bring the animals to market four by four, and if we're lucky, end up with a gang of pigs in Schweinabanda. I'm your host, Leslie Angels, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello, everyone. Mike Grenier. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> and this week we have a special guest, Teresa Hadeen. Teresa is a gaming Hi. enthusiast using TikTok to help you find your next favorite game. Hi, Teresa. Hi, so glad to be here. Woohoo! <laughs> Our first game up this week is Stella Dixit Universe, designed by Garal Katow. How did I do, Mike? What do you think? Mm, not bad. <laughs> Thumbs up from me. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> and Jean-Louis Rubira. Published by Libelud Games in 2021. Number of players, three to six. Ages eight and up. Playtime, 30 minutes. Okay, Mikey, tell us what's in the box. All right. The cover of the box give me those fanciful feels of the poster for Aladdin. But instead of magic carpets, the whimsical characters are fluttering above the rooftops on the backs of flying manta rays. Inside the box, we discover a board, 84 Dixit cards, which are art cards, 96 word cards, 10 blank word cards to personalize your game, 6 lantern tokens, 6 erasable personal slates, a scoring slate, and 6 felt tip dry erase pens with cleaning cloths. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if this is worth mounting on your wall, Evan, paint us a lovely picture of the rules. Stella Dixit Universe. It's a card game in which players associate a word with one of 15 cards on display. For example, if the word is happy, then players must decide which of those 15 cards they associate with happy. Sounds simple enough, but the game is to choose cards that you think the other players will be associating with the word. In a round, a player records their choice of cards and then declares how many cards they chose. Maximum of 10 in any given round. 10 of the 15, that's all. Then in turn order, players reveal one of their choices at a time. Now, if two or more other players also chose your selection, you and those players score two points, two stars. If exactly one other player also chose your selection, you each score three points. If no other players chose your selection, that's bad. Zero <laughs> points, and you're done for the rest of the round while the other players continue to finish the round. Yeah. After four <laughs> rounds, the player with the most points, most stars accumulated, is the winner and literally becomes a star. star. Not literally. Superstar. Yeah. <laughs> that's hot. Ascendant. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Celestial. Yeah. <laughs> right, so Celeste? Yes, that yes, yes. And I feel like this is the type of game where I would uh, constantly be getting zeros. <laughs> so let's start with the look of this game. Uh, what did you guys think of it? Uh, Evan? Beautiful. I, I think the artwork is really appealing. It's definitely one of the, you know, it's the highlight of the game is the art. Whenever you play these kinds of card art games or just art games in general, 
I mean, that that is that's make or break. And I think they did a really, really nice job here. There's a lot, a lot of detail to look at in each individual cards and a lot of different ideas you can glean from each card. Mm-hmm. So, Teresa, how important is art to you in a game? Or is it like oh, based on what type of game it is? What's your criteria there? I do like really good artwork, um, especially in a game like this where artwork is essential to the gaming experience. Mm -hmm. I love a pretty game no matter what, um, but for this type of game, it really is essential. And all those tiny details really make a difference because Mm -hmm. if you're not looking super close at all of those cards, you might miss something or misinterpret something. Mm -hmm. And you got to be careful too that you're not looking too deep sometimes because you're trying to <laughs> interpret these cards through other people too. So yeah. if you yeah. notice this tiny mushroom in the corner and you're like, oh, they're not going to, you know, they have to associate that with the word mushroom and they miss it. Well, then no points <laughs> for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does this it is feel, about. Pr- sorry. I was just going to say, does it feel that basic? I guess, Evan, I mean, perhaps you were going there. Uh, and what I mean by that is, do you feel like, um, that, that people around you are are really looking for simple connections or more complexity. Yeah, that depends on the people you're playing with. Know your opponent. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're in a group of family and friends, you may have better insights as to how this particular person feels. You know, Celeste, you and I have been playing games our entire lives since mm-hmm. we were kids together. Right. So, it, you know, you and I have a decent, at least, <laughs> predictable ability to uh, to know what the other might might be thinking in any given situation. Maybe. But go, in, <laughs> go into a tournament, though, or play with a bunch of strangers. You're, that's a decided disadvantage right I mean, there. well, I was going to say, though, that's one of the things I love about playing with strangers is you can kind of get to know people a little bit through the observations they're making through the game. And that's, that's what I, I like about true. all the Dixit games, and this one especially, yeah. too. Yeah, I'll bet that is true. So... So, Teresa, what kind of folks do you usually play with? Are you at conventions a lot or do you have a group, a tight group of gamer friends? I have a couple groups that are regular for me. So I have my uh, longtime gaming group. We've been together for five years, but we're all very, very different. So even in a Mm. game like this, I have to know that so-and-so is a polar opposite of what I (laughs) usually think. Yes. Uh Yeah. Um, And I know that so-and-so is going to look too deep into the meaning of something. Mm -hmm. So this type of game uh, can really get divisive (laughs) for a lot of us. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it hilarious. Uh, (laughs) I do go to a lot of conventions and I I have another group of like work friends that I play with. But uh, for the most part, my core game meets every single week. So the words in this game, are they complicated? Are they simple? Do they range? Well, I love the words they use in this game because a lot of them have like double, triple meanings to them, can be mm-hmm. used as a verb, mm-hmm. a noun, you know, so mm. like, like, you know, the word, even the word stop could be like, you know, it's a stop on along the way of a trail, somebody stopping mm-hmm. and freezing, you know, like, you know, any, like a lot of the words they use were, I think they were chosen very carefully for that reason. Do you think they chose the words after they got the art set or do you think they... <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. Like a random word generator. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope they chose them. Go either way. I know. I kind of like the idea that they might have not thought about the art before choosing the cards, and then let people because then they wouldn't be prejudiced to ones they really want to put in there that match a specific Mm -hmm. card. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you can combine like the other Dixit Games cards into this game too. So Mm -hmm. it's not like there's 
specifically just set for a sole amount of cards. That's true, actually. Right. Yeah. You could probably just print off photos from the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. You could, I mean, Do it no, yourself. Don't, don't tell the dicks at people that. <laughs> don't let them know you said that. <laughs> Customized. Yeah, right. No, exactly. No, no. It, look, these, these cards have a lot of detail going mm-hmm. going for them. A lot of intricacies. Car, they're, ambi- they're ambiguous in, in a lot of ways. Which is good. It just opens up many more possibilities and avenue. I mean, you know, to grab images off the internet, it would take you, a th- you know, a hundred years worth of work <laughs> to try to find cards of that that you know can that meet this yes. kind of quality. And th- yeah. there's absolutely a following for Dixit art because mm-hmm. the, I mean, there are people who absolutely love the art style of Dixit in general. There's a, quite a mm-hmm. few Dixit games now, right? That have a different art sets. Mm-hmm. Or oh yeah, yeah. So now, the, I, now I want to ask artists, you guys, and you can you could throw Mysterium in there too because it's the same mm-hmm. publisher, yeah, yeah same size right. cards too, right? I love <laughs> the look of Mysterium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Now is so, it okay. one? Is it a single artist? Do you guys know if it's one single artist? Oh, I don't know. I don't know, but it kind of looks like it is. Um, I was gonna say if it isn't, the art style then is the, very yeah. similar. Yeah, I was gonna say like stylistically, it's really like a coherent set. As as wild as the art is, it still mm-hmm. has. A, a way to fit itself together you know so i i would be very surprised if there's multiple artists for that but if it is congrats that's really good <laughs> so i want to ask you guys uh-huh. you know how much we love roll and write games mm-hmm. can there can we call this game a write and wipe I mean, the writing's not really important to this game. You're just writing numbers for the most part and marking up. Yeah, I suppose it's not so much a mechanic here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's not so much a mechanic as a procedure yeah. <laughs> in this case. But it is fun to have I like that your way thing. of thinking, Celeste. Yeah, I yeah, know. You're, think, yeah. you're thinking outside the uh, the box. I, like I think we've come much. up with like five or six inside different game mechanic names for stuff that was just kind of sort of like another mechanic that we've used before. <laughs> well, okay. Right so right. as far as elements go in this game, it, it reminds me of a few different types of games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're trying to match pictures with words. You know, it's got mm-hmm. a little bit of maybe Pictionary or other things there. Do you think it, does it feel thematically innovative to you? Um, to simplify it, is there enough innovation here to seem like it's, it doesn't just remind you of other games. It feels unique to itself. Yeah. I think what really felt unique for me was that we weren't, we were looking at the art and we're also trying to surmise what other people are going to guess. But at the same time, there's the strategy of trying not to pick too many cards. Mm-hmm. Because you pick too yeah. many cards, you're in the dark. And you're trying not to pick too many cards because somebody might also, maybe nobody chooses the card that you mm-hmm. want and then you fall down. Yeah. Um, mm. So there are risks involved. It's not just like picking things and hoping people agree with you. There's a strategic risk mm-hmm. involved in everything that you choose to do. So th- for That's me, true. that was the part that kept me engaged the whole time. Mm-hmm. I got kind of a um, code words feel from this game too, especially the code words ones that have like Disney character pictures on them and stuff. It has a similar feel where you're trying to get other people to kind of join you on your thought process. And oh. there is some risk. So you can too, talk? So. You can well, talk while you're playing or not everybody can talk, no. <laughs> <laughs> like the yeah, some people can talk it out, but you really have to just like choose in code words anyway, you have to choose like what you're doing and then 
let the ball roll and hope that your friends figure out what your you know your code right, word was. Right. Yeah. This wait, one here, there's no suspense. words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now we're and talking it has a little to... bit of that. It has a tiny bit of apples to apples element in that you need to know who your judges are, right? You need <laughs> right. to know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's that element too, but it, I, it feels fresh to me in, in, in a few different ways. They've seemed to have mm -hmm. melded a bunch of mechanics that have been used before in a new way. And uh, I think, uh, Teresa, you said something about playing it online and stuff, about like shyness yeah. and all that. Yeah. yeah you want to reiterate that? I want to hear yeah. it again because that was a good yeah, point. Yeah. So, I, you know, like in, in regular Dixit, you're, you're kind of having to improv and explain your way through the game. In Stella, you don't have to do any of that explanation. So mm. it's, I'm not having uh, to back up my decisions. Mm. I'm just having to hope that the people that I'm with are on the same wavelength as mm -hmm. me. And I don't have any anxiety over like, <laughs> oh, I have to come up with a story <laughs> right. on the spot to, to, yes. to yeah. back up my decision. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably the biggest difference I say, and the biggest maybe even call it an innovation between mm -hmm. regular Dixit and then Stella Dixit Universe too. I think that's what separates them out and gives it a whole new group of players that could enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Stella Dixit Universe. Mike. I enjoy the family of Dixit games. They have some of my favorite art, and this one is absolutely no exception to that. And what can I say? I love games that allow for lots of creative interpretations. So I say dig it up. <laughs> Evan? All right. Stella Dixit Universe, it's a light party game. And I think it plays best with five or six people. Three's pushing it for. And, and I think it's fine for what it is. It's a bit too light for me. This is Ed coming out. I'm oh, like God. Like, Ed's Ed's right? Now. I know. How dare you, Evan? You're my, light part. you're my light buddy. What are you doing? I am. I am. <laughs> I, it, it came off as a little light to me. And, um, Teresa, the points you just brought up before we went to wrap this up were, uh, I think, astute. And what I liked originally about the original Dixit maybe was the fact that I had to do that extra layer of sort of storytelling, <laughs> um, which is something I do enjoy. And I, I think I missed that aspect mm -hmm. in this game is what it's coming down to. I don't mm -hmm. think this is a bad game. I'm, it would just not be one that I would choose. So I have to very lightly bury it. Oh, no. Okay. Teresa. Well, I, I think it does still feel a lot like its sister game, Dixit. It's in that family. It has a lot of the same imagery. But I think that it is different enough to stand on its own, be its own thing that people could choose in instead of Dixit if they like. It mm. does, like Evan said, play best with the full span of players. There's a lot more uh, dynamics going on. And... It rewards players that can, can again, be on that safe wavelength and uh, surmise what each other are thinking. Mm. It's really easy to learn. I had a lot of fun playing it, and I think I'll dig it up. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, if you have a favorite Dixit game or just want to talk about game art, we would love to hear from you. We are at Which Game First on social media everywhere. Ooh. Nicely cued, Evan. Evan's crushing it right, over everybody, here. All right, everybody, let's talk about what is going on with us. I want to start with our guest, Teresa Hadeen. Thank you Hi. so much for joining us today, <laughs> yeah, Teresa. Yeah, thanks really for the invite. We love your TikTok. Mikey was raving about you all the time. He's like, we have to get her on the show. Um, your TikTok handle is playing in around, playing underscore 
Playing. A. Playing around. Yes. I'm just playing around. Playing around. Right. Okay, <laughs> got it. So playing with no G. Underscore mm-hmm. A. Underscore <laughs> round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How Clever. do people find people on TikTok? Start with that. <laughs> okay. So uh, if you're new to TikTok or if you've been on TikTok already, the easiest thing to do is just to search for uh, either usernames that you already know or just search for broad terms of things that you're interested in. So in this instance, uh, I would search for hashtag board games, um, hashtag games, hashtag game night, or you could just search for my handle playing around. Um, and all of the associated things will come up with it. And the wide world of board games on TikTok is open for you at that point. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so, so what are you doing with your TikTok um, channel? What, what exactly do you present there? What kind of uh, stuff? So what I'm targeting, I think, with my audience is folks who have played games before, but they really don't know the broad scope of board games that exists. Mm-hmm. Um, uh. So maybe they've played Cards Against Humanity, or maybe they played Monopoly growing up, Just or they're just into <laughs> party games, mm-hmm. but they don't know what else is out there. So right. that's usually what I try to do is highlight board games, but also tie that into learning the mechanics of those board games and learning different categories or genres of board games so that I can teach those new gamers how to sound cool at game night. <laughs> yeah, plus <laughs> Love it. it's great too when they learn a new mechanic, they can yeah. now bring that mechanic to the next game. They play like card drafting. Mm-hmm. Once you yeah. play one drafting game, you know how to draft and that makes yep. the next game easier to learn. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a, it's a big crossover with our audience. I think we have a lot of folks that mm-hmm. are new to the deeper board gaming. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you want uh, if you want more of that, check out Teresa Hadeen on TikTok. And Evan, what's going on with Which Game First? Well, Thursday nights is Which Game First Live, it 7 sure o'clock is. Eastern yeah, Time. Is. Every week we're playing a game and we're playing it on an online platform. And we invite you to join and watch us and make comments and suggestions. I know I need a lot mm-hmm. of help. And we also play games with our audience. We interact. We communicate. It's just a social gathering while we learn a new game. Enjoying it all together with you, the Witch Game First audience. Again, that's on (laughs) Thursday nights at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Yeah. And if you guys are uh, interested at all in game design, we just want to remind you the Board Game Design Conference tickets are still available. You can get all the videos for $10. And uh, they are fascinating hugely yeah. hugely valuable to anybody who's interested in starting game design or in, or even remotely wondering how it all happens there's people mm-hmm. from marketing people from game design top names in the industry all there at your disposal grab it at boardgamedesignconference.com and we want to thank our patrons thank you thank you yeah. thank you thank you if you want to become a patron of this show just go to our website click on become a patron and you will get access Two hour exclusive. Wait, I'm going to give Teresa a heads up. You're going to say bonus points any way you want to when I say our pa- patron only podcast called Bonus, bonus Points. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yes, it's exclusive just for you guys. We also run it live on our exclusive patron only Discord channel. You can watch it live, see, uh, hear us live, or catch it later on on your favorite podcatcher. Uh, and you get some old, old episodes 
only mm-hmm. for you, mm-hmm. of which came first, which are hilarious, <laughs> uh, slightly grainy in recording quality, but very funny. Yeah, the Early first episodes <laughs> just Some for you. It took me episode. like 14 hours to edit the first episode because I was learning how to edit with the software. I think so. it was longer than that. Yeah, it might have been longer. I think you're it blocking been... out the, the actual <laughs> trauma. <laughs> so. He can do it in 12 hours now. Yeah, well, it really <laughs> trimmed it down from that. <laughs> and thank you everyone for listening. On Thanks, to the everybody. next game. Cue it, Evan. Our next game up this week is Catan, designed by Klaus Tuber, published by Cosmos in 1995. Back in the old days. Three to four, (laughs) ages 10 and up, playtime one to two hours. All right, Mikey, tell us what's in the box. (laughs) That little delay. The cover of the box shows three diligent workers on the long, wheat-lined road back to their humble village, carrying all the essentials to settle more land and expand their holdings. Along the way, we discover 95 resource cards, which are stuff like ore, grain, lumber, wool, and brick. Everybody who's played Catan will remember these iconic (laughs) symbols. There are 25 development cards, 96 wooden components representing cities, settlements, and roads, Four building cost cardboard reference tiles. Just tells you, you know, what you need to build what. Um, There are two special cardboard tiles for the longest road and the largest army. 19 terrain hexes, very important. Six sea frame pieces, nine harbor pieces, 18 circular number tokens, two (laughs) six-sided dice, a red one and a yellow one, and the infamous robber pawn. And that's what's in the box. <laughs> the robber. <laughs> well, before we tell you if this game is worth digging up and dusting off for mm-hmm. another run, Evan, uh, resource us some rules. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay, I'll take it. Catan. It's a what? Resource management game and an area control game where players collect raw materials and turn them into roads and buildings on a hexagonal map. Yay, hexes. Yeah, hexes. <laughs> Hexagons are selected at random, and each one assigned a value of 2 through 12, hence the 2d6. And each one is assigned a type of terrain, such as forests, mountains, wheat fields, grass plains, and quarries. Each type of terrain yields a specific resource, wood, brick, stone, wheat, and sheep, right? Buildings are placed by the players at the intersections of the hexagonal spaces. Players start with two buildings and two stretches of road. Each player, in turn order, rolls 2d6. Any hexes with that number will yield the resource that of a player whose building is touching it. Build more roads to stretch out along the island so you can build more houses. And don't forget to upgrade those houses into cities, and that will double your resource yields. Mm. Also use resources to collect cards that can be turned in for special actions and victory points. The first player to 10 points triggers the end of the game. All points are then tabulated, and the player with the most points wins the game yeah. and gets to brag about it on TikTok. <laughs> Forever and ever. Forever and I ever. I won Catan once. Wow. My crowning achievement. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, does one to two hour playtime include the rules reading? Because OMG. <laughs> you know, it, sound, it well, sounds long, but it's actually not too complicated, though, like when you get yeah, into it's it. it's one of the OG games, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. And actually, I should say that a lot of old games are extremely complicated to play. 
mm-hmm. but this one was, I guess, one of the earlier ones that did streamline it. So let, let's first talk about the overall thing, the look, the hexes, the components, the, the art. Um, I feel like they didn't do a thing to update this game, right? This is like the original <laughs> art. It, it looks what? like it. Yeah. Yeah, there are updated versions of Catan that have like 3D terrain where you can rest your mm-hmm. like s- stuff on. They look amazing. They look great. But but as far as like the look of it, especially the original Catan, they haven't done anything to this game for a long time. And yeah. apparently they haven't needed to because no. how many versions <laughs> of Catan have been yeah. sold yeah. since then? Like, uh, mm-hmm. If it yeah. ain't broke, don't fix it kind yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. That's where they're Yeah, I, I mean, Park Place and Boardwalk are still blue. Yeah, <laughs> with little lines over for, for almost a hundred years now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but but overall, back in 1995, how do you think Ooh. this uh, this art played then? How do you think this game was received at the time? Do you think it was innovative on the artistic front, uh, on the design front, anything like that? I mean, it won, the, it won the Spiel de Jahres in 1995. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Spiel de Jahres, as Ed would not would say every time. Um, <laughs> so it had something going for it. I mean, the art isn't really the most important part of this game, but it does look rustic, and I think that matters because you are supposed mm-hmm. to feel like you're in the old world. So I don't think changing it to modernize it would really do much for it. I, th- I think it's not so much the art that was innovative, but I think that the modular board and the difference in setup every single time mm-hmm. that makes the game more and more replayable, I think that is what was different. Yeah. I mean, still even today, yeah. there are games that have that sort of modular setup, but there's not a million of them. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. No, I'll go I- even a step, step further than that or just add to that and say this could be the first game in which people lay people not you know game enthusiasts played using hex maps mm-hmm. maybe yeah and so that yeah. that's almost like a new concept i mean we're you know people who are into games a lot are you know it's there are hex maps everywhere mm-hmm. but you know monopoly and all the old classic games they were not there were never hexes in any of those yeah. you know in those types of games so mm. this could have been their first introduction to that anybody who listens to us knows that me evan and ed and i don't know celeste you two maybe are all like what? big fans of the hex oh absolutely <laughs> we yeah. love hexes oh, it's a yes. great yeah. shape it fits together nicely there's extra sides to mess around with you don't have to worry about orthogonal you know everything's orthogonally attached life so, is hexes life it is, is. right yeah. down to right down to the structure of the atom they got it in, my, <laughs> yep. in, electros- in electron <laughs> microscopes it is it's yeah. a hex pattern in the yeah. atoms i think yes. you might and- have an upheaval of people if you started changing around the symbols on here too that's the i just wanted to throw that in because mm. these yeah, things are so iconic right. you know mm-hmm. like they make shirts like swag of them at yep. conventions. Ooh. They have like the giant <laughs> boards that people have made over time to you can stand on. <laughs> you oh know, my like they gosh, really? Thief. Yeah, it's. I mean, people okay. play sub games where they trade like the the stuff they get at the conventions. So yeah, yeah, it's, wow. it's, it's pretty and wild. And I'm so. no different than the average, you know, uh, gamer. Uh, where I this was my first Euro game. Right. This was my first non I grew up with it board game. Yeah. Um, Ed forced me to play it. <laughs> it's a classic. God, yeah. oh, it has oh, been 15 gosh. years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Easily, 15, easily. 20, 25 years. Oh, could have been. We could have been 20 years ago. Celeste, 90s. We were, we were yeah. 90s. Ooh, yeah. 
Yeah, is My that God. wrong? Okay, <clears throat> I know, right? Yeah, back disturbing to disturbing facts. Okay, yes, right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what's the reason to bring this game out again? What? Why trot this game out? Does it? Does it withstand the test of time? Is it still an interesting game? What do you think, Teresa? I I think it's still worth putting on the table because, again, like Evan said, it it's a lot of people's first experience with this type of game outside mm-hmm. of your standard like department store games that you grew up with. This also is available from the department store, but it's it's that, you know, that now lead it is. into yeah. yeah, it yeah. is yeah. now. Yeah. It's that lead into some of those deeper strategy games. Mm-hmm. Um and the the elements of it aren't that difficult. Like no. again, it shouldn't need to have a two hour playtime. Yeah. The trading yeah, it might really be go it might go yeah. a little longer than it, it needs could to. go it could go longer. Um Unless somebody, you know, really takes the lead early and is aggressive about it. Yeah. There's the human so, Evan, element in this game. what about that cutthroaty element, right? Like, you, oh, is it too mean-spirited a game for <laughs> to bring people in as a gateway game? Too mean-spirited? May, uh, maybe aggressive. for some. Yeah, maybe maybe for some. All right. So full confession right now. We, <laughs> oh, we, we, played, we played this game in order to review it uh, at Board Game Arena. And so let's that get, actually gets back to your original point on why we're talking about it now. Because, because Board Game Arena released this. Um, just recently. Yeah, yeah just recently. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, everybody in the world of Board Game Arena is, you know, playing it. No problem picking up a game there. Uh, my confession is that this was my first time playing the original Catan. I played <laughs> other versions. Yeah. I played the Roll and Write, and we played some other version of Catan, I think, that we mm-hmm. reviewed oh, yeah. a couple a couple years ago. But not the classic original. This was my first time wow. actually Where playing. Where were you? I know. I, I, miss, I, miss, cool, right? I don't know. Where I were missed, you on I was, Catan? I was LARPing or something. Uh, <laughs> you know, not LARPing Catan, but uh, oh, which would be, which would be interesting. Line. Oh, I bet you there is. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, another, that, that's a bonus points for, for another time um so yeah the um uh experience right, of the... so, yeah coming to it as a new person this late what did what did you think if you thought this game was printed this year what would you think of it <laughs> <laughs> um that uh that like this game's out of time in a sense because there's so many more advanced versions type of of this type of game that mm-hmm. like this is just so much more basic and has all those basic elements that so many other games after Catan had, had built upon, like that it was sort of, you know a game out of time in that mm-hmm. respect. Improved you, on, tweaked. You had asked me about the cutthroatiness of it, and mm-hmm. yeah, you find that out pretty darn quickly. <laughs> yeah, that uh, this is a uh, this is a survive or die game, and you know you have no friends on this island. Mm-hmm. It is it is you know you but- you have to you you have no choice. You roll that seven. You have to move the robber. You have to place it, hopefully, <laughs> mm-hmm. on a hex that's you know not your own. You know, it's it's going to stop your enemy from collecting that number, and you're taking their resource. You could and and to go further, I mean, you got a three player game. You could easily have two players gang up on one other player, and that player mm. is absolutely eliminated from this <laughs> game. Uh, if and that and that is a strategy, and you can see why people would get pretty upset pretty quickly sometimes playing yeah. this game. And that has been my experience. I've played it about twenty times now on BGA, but and some people have gotten pretty testy about certain moves. They do. Uh, let me <laughs> let me say something about that real quick though, because like cutthroat is a thing that doesn't happen in a lot of the basic games that people play up to this point. Yes. So to see a new player play this game and realize 
they just cut somebody's throat. Sometimes you see that like <laughs> glimmer in their eyes, like, <gasps> yeah. oh my god, that's why it makes it the most amazing experience of their life. Sometimes because oh, of, where like, have you been all my life? Yeah, where <laughs> have you been all my life? Cutthroat. I have tasted blood, and it tastes yeah. good. Yeah, exactly. We're like a shark that just tasted Suddenly blood. Suddenly, you have power. <laughs> exactly yeah, right. No, you have power is. over somebody else's game. That's like a new experience for a lot of people, and they really go for it. <laughs> all right mike all right fair point fair point okay explorers it's time to dig up or bury this ancient game uh let's find out katan evan a katan I, look it's a good game for introducing players to concepts such as resource collection and resource management absolutely the rules are easy to follow you can see why this game is as popular as it is, and it sure beats the heck out of playing Monopoly for that reason alone. <laughs> Dig it up. Teresa? Oh. oh, well, it is, it's a great introductory game to introduce people into kind of the world of like Euro-esque games. But I find that the trading mechanic specifically often overstays its welcome with the Ooh. counter offers and back and forth. And I don't have this. Why do you keep asking for it? <laughs> um, and <laughs> also, if you're just super unlucky with your die rolls and you're not mm. generating yourself any resources, <laughs> there's not a lot of ways to definitively mitigate that in your favor. So it just lacks the dynamic tension that I need to stay engaged. So I will respectfully bury it. Whoa. Mikey? All right. Before I tell you Dig Up or Bury, I, I just want to share something with everybody here mm-hmm. about this game. It's that mm-hmm. even though mathematically six and eight are the best numbers in this game, mm-hmm. they are a lie in this game. They are a lie. <laughs> False sense of oh, security. Oh, man. It's so rough. Like, uh, you know, you place your... Because what you uh, we didn't really talk about this, but I just want to throw it out there real quick before we move on. Go for mm-hmm. it. You're, you're placing you know, like your houses and stuff on the board in intersections between like the different hexes, and those hexes mm-hmm. represent the materials you're going to get. And you so you want to choose numbers that the dice roll more often because every turn you roll the dice and collect six and eight, right? Seven's bad, but can't six and eight wrong. are good. You can't right? go wrong, right? No, nope. it's like I you remember. need a six or an eight. You don't see it for like fifteen rolls in a row. <gasps> So All just, right. <laughs> How, would you want to dig it up for that reason or bury it? Do you think you're going to get six right, and eight right. next time? Here's my, here's my dig up slash bury. Okay. I played this beast many, many times and it's not the most dynamic or exciting game to me anymore because I've done it so many times, but it's a great game to get my less gamery friends involved with and see that spark in their eyes when they first get to cut somebody's throat. It has minimal coaching too. So I just say, dig it up. <laughs> All right. Buckle up. There's a reason yeah. I haven't played this game for over 10 years. All right? Maybe it deserves some credit for being highly innovative for its time, but today, today, mm-hmm. there are simply better looking, more aesthetically pleasing, mm-hmm. mechanically streamlined, and mm-hmm. cat-friendlier games out there that will scratch oh, yeah. your resource right. management itch, yeah. okay? Yeah. Without yep. making you angry or making your legs fall asleep for sitting in a chair for an hour and a half. <laughs> All right? So bury it. Bury. Bye-bye, oh. Catan. Bur- <laughs> you served your purpose. <laughs> All right. If you have thoughts about Catan or want to rail against me, how dare I bury this game so furiously? Please do so. We would love to hear from you. We are at which game first on all social media. Our last game up this week is Schweinebanda. Yeah. Literally tr- uh, translated into Gang of Pigs. Designed by <laughs> Stefan Dora, 
published by Hans M. Gluck Ooh. in 2010. We love Hans M. Gluck. They always yes. answer us on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Number of players, two to five, ages eight and up. Playtime, 30 minutes. All right, Mikey. <laughs> oink, oink. What's in the box? All right. This might sound very similar to the last one that I said. Some of these things, might, <laughs> these themes might sound familiar. <laughs> the cover shows us two humble farmers in their old world village about to swap their smiling animals. I feel like the pig on the box wouldn't be smiling if he knew he was about to be traded for the lowly chicken. Uh-oh. <laughs> Inside, we find a game board, 15 wooden farmer figures, five farms, 25 wooden feed markers, five numbered turn order tiles, and 100 assorted hexagonal animal and feed tiles. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you... Wait a minute, did you write this? Hog wild in this game? I wrote that. We went hog wild for this game. Evan, (laughs) tell us the rules. You knew I had to bring that up, right? Oh, yeah, it's an old game. Oh, man, I did too, actually. Yeah, Wait great. for the dig All up right. or bury. China yeah. okay. Bonda is a worker placement game in which, uh, you know, each player acquires farm animals for their barns. We're, we're, we're animal farmers here. 25 hexagonal, here we go again, hexagonal Hexes. shaped animal tiles are placed in rows of five, and that's the farmer's market. Farmers, in turn, will reveal one tile and then decide if they want to secure that space on the board by placing one of their two farmers on the spot. Farmers have the option of saying, no, I'm going to pass that. Next player goes, they reveal a tile, then they have the choice of putting a farmer on any open spot. And that continues until all farmers are on the board. Farmers then start collecting their animal tiles in rows, as many tiles as they can legally take in that one direction. This continues in turn until all farmers in the market have collected their animals. Collected animals go into that farmer's farm. And finally, the farmer must now feed their animals to get them into their barn. And that's the point. That's where the points come in. (laughs) Get the animals into the barn. There are four rounds of play, and the farmer with the most points collected in their barns by the end of the four rounds becomes... König Schweinenbande, or the king of pig gangs. <laughs> König Schweinenbande. <laughs> See, that's what you do in Germany. You just throw more words onto you, the existing word. I told you, squish them in a yeah. one big word. That's yep. it. Exactly. <laughs> that's how it works. I like it. Well, we got to play this on my favorite interface, yukata.de. Go there today, log in, do the 10-minute registration that it takes or whatever it is for your passion. I have a question for Teresa. Oh, yeah. Okay. Teresa, have you ever been to yukata.de, the online <laughs> This game was platform? my first experience yeah. with it, and right. I really enjoyed it, actually. <laughs> it's oh, great. good for you. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, what did you enjoy about it? We need more. And yeah. more love oh, for Yukata. I- I am a okay with things that are um, that don't have a lot Plunky. of bells and whistles. <laughs> yeah. I, I, they don't have a lot of bells and whistles, and I'm okay with that because sometimes just adding more things overcomplicates it for me. So because I was learning a new game on a new platform, mm-hmm. it was really nice to be able to not have a lot of things going on on the screen and just mm. to get cut and dry and take my actions. Mm-hmm. I liked it. That's okay. awesome. Yep. Yeah. Did you like having to press three buttons to end your turn? <laughs> <laughs> I like that it that it exists that uh, I do formally have to end my turn. Yeah. Even though it's I true. wasn't really good at doing it. Nobody yeah. is. No, it, 
You're not wrong because board game arena can end your turn Ooh, sometimes. Yeah, before yeah you're ready. it'll be oh. like it'll be like you're out of time. That's oh, right, man. Or just like you clicked on the thing and it knows that you can't do anything else, so it just moves to the next turn. You're like, wow. Oh, yeah, and you're like, well, you selected. You selected something. Some timer starts going off in five seconds. Uh-huh. This will engage, oh, and before yeah. you have a time to think, things start yeah. moving, and that yeah. noise shunk shunk starts going mm-hmm. all over the board. Ah, and you can't take it back. So <laughs> exactly. yes, Yukat is better with that. Not it's, more, it's more yeah. forgive, a little more forgiving. I would yeah, say. it is yeah. indeed. Thank you, Sparhawk, Sparhawk. the designer of Yukata.com. Sparhawk, yes. Avid listener of which game first. Thank you, Sparhawk. (laughs) All right. So we played this on Yukata.de. We actually had an opportunity. We not only played it online, you can see us on uh, YouTube, um, but we also played it yesterday with our guest, Teresa. So Mike and I are are officially uh, trained in, in Pig gang, I don't really know. So we've been through this a few times. Yeah. All right. So let's just start very quickly with the look of the game. Mm-hmm. Get that out of the way. Hexes, <laughs> flip an animal. Yeah. I mean, pretty basic. <laughs> pretty basic. Uh, Hexes basic, have a little simplistic. cute pig. Yeah. 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 You know. I mean, the, the like the the pen and ink style drawing of the pig on the front does not at all match the full color drawings of the animals. Mm. It's like thematically inconsistent within itself. (laughs) And then the people on the front are like these European villagers, but the guy, (laughs) the actual meeples are cowboys, so they don't quite match That's true. Yes. Good observation. I think there's supposed to be straw hats on those guys, but yeah, it does look like a cowboy hat. I'll give you that. (laughs) And also every single animal gets their own pen that seems a little labor intensive <laughs> oh that's true yeah, every that is, hex is its is own crazy. one mm-hmm. donkey and then another donkey in a separate pen right next to it yeah yes, yes. Mm. and then you got to pull like them all a lot out of, of the gate opening it's kind of weird because arming techniques these. have come a long way since yeah. the medieval times yeah <laughs> that's true clearly that's true you're, yeah, it's kind of weird that you're collecting them from these pens to just put them in your farm in your own pen I anyway we were taking them to market you some of them you're taking to market, right? Some and then of them. other ones you're I don't know what you're doing with the sets, right? What are you breeding them? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's for, this, that's for the sequel. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll talk oh. about that later in this part two of this bad boy. Yeah. All right. So thematically pretty simplistic. Simplistic. But rightly but so. Here we are. We're flipping tiles. What did you think of the actual play of the game, the mechanics? How did you like it? The the flipping surprise. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Teresa. You seem excited. I, I I liked it a lot. I mm-hmm. I like games where things are revealed mm, as too. you play. Um, so that the the whole board is just it's not really evolving, but it is. Like your knowledge mm-hmm. of what exists oh, yeah. is evolving. Um, yeah. so your strategy change is based on like your mental math that's going on. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so how many pigs are there left in the deck? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. right. what are the, what are the chances that I'm going to get another pig this round? Do yeah. I need to snatch that one up? <laughs> and it's cool that they keep a count too, of which tiles have already been flipped. So mm-hmm. you're kind of, if you're like me, where you're constantly calculating odds, that's really yep. handy for me. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> that's me. That's now it's only 22%. Out, you know, like, yes. That, but, and that would only be available in a digital format, which is the kind mm-hmm. we played. Otherwise, you'd have to do it on a notebook, which would Mikey hates, you know, oh, to Mikey yeah. hates information that could be gotten um, yeah. <laughs> by just doing note taking to yeah. not be there for you. So yeah. that's there's handy. like a, there's a lot of games out there where it's like you get a thing that's public. Right. And then you hide mm-hmm. it. And then it's supposed to be not known by you anymore, or at least like only if you remember it. 
So I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, do I have oh, to yeah. pull out a notebook or are you just going to show me later? I mean, that's, you know, like I understand yeah. if it's hidden when it comes in and then you don't know, you know, where it is and if you had to pick it out of somewhere. But like if it's known information, like a stack of discards and I'm not allowed to look through the discards, I'm like, all right, well, don't make me don't force me to pull out a <laughs> notebook so I can play this game more effectively. You know, so. Yeah. 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 I, I will. I will do my best to keep that information in my brain as mm-hmm. we're playing the game. I'll be mm-hmm. like, OK. I've seen at least this many of something. Right. You get a rough like estimate of what's yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's usually good enough to make a good yeah. you know, better than an average. Educated decision. guess. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that that is definitely a big difference between the online version and, and the in person version. Because oh, yeah. the old style will probably this, be in a bag, right? Yeah. And in this game, the count stays consi- it stays through all four rounds. It doesn't mm-hmm. re- reset after right. each yeah. round. It is a set amount of donkeys for the entire game, yeah. even though you're playing four rounds. Mm-hmm. So you could end up with no donkeys in the final round or, yeah. you know, no pigs. So if you're mm. trying to save up animals, you need to, you know, you need to really factor that stuff in mm-hmm. and calculate accordingly. I got hurt bad in <laughs> yeah. the final round by, you know, not paying as much attention. I was listening to you and Mike, to Teresa and Mike. <laughs> Talk about the talk about <laughs> the what was left. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. There's this many, and I'm like, yeah. what are they ta- like? Yeah, I'm trying to pick my animals here. <laughs> you know, Excuse me, I just want cool animals in my barn. I don't you. care. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a part of this game where you're collecting the animals and cashing them in for points. And uh, but if you don't cash the animals in, if you keep them, you actually have mm. to feed them, which is by selling an animal and you sell it for its value. Like if, if you have a cow, it's worth seven points. If you sell that cow, you can have seven points of food with which to keep seven other animals in your barn. Um, and then there's the feed bag, which makes it so you don't have to pay anything for food that round. It just automatically pays for all your stuff. Okay. Can I just talk about the feedback for a minute? Yeah. yeah so please, there's go. a limited amount of feedback. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. like four uh-huh. for the whole game. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Again, I'm not thinking about it. And I'm like, oh, I got a feedback. I'm just going to feed my animals the first round. Mm-hmm. I picked up a right. feedback. So dumb, right? Because <laughs> yeah. in the first. You didn't have first, that many animals. Right. Exactly. Really I didn't have enough animals to really make it worthwhile. This is a get out of jail free card. This is a, that bag. If you have 15 animals in the final round, mm-hmm. you could feed them all and yeah. keep everybody. I'm like, woohoo, I can feed my three animals in round <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, then, and then I'm totally stuck for the rest of the game. So. Feedback uh, management. That's an important tip. Absolutely. Can we talk about the row pain? The collecting the rows at the end? Yeah, that's right. It is painful. Agony. So, So, Teresa, you got to organize uh, your row picking based on who gets to pick first. And who gets to pick a row first? So the person that picks a row first is the person that placed all their workers first. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah. you place all your workers, you get that first token, the second person to place all the workers gets the second token, and the person who places last gets that option of flipping all the tiles until they decide on what to pick, which is also cool, but mm-hmm. you're also the last person to pick a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and there's so some, it balances and, out. And yeah, there's some spots on the board, too, which aren't really optimal for, for landing on. So even though you could reveal the whole board at the end if you want... If you're revealing the tiles in the center, you're going to have a lot less options of mm-hmm. how long your row is because you're only going in one direction sure. on your row. You know? Yeah. So I think so this... row pain. The first guy gets mm-hmm. what? The they, sweet, they sweet. They get the juiciest full... row. Yeah. Yes, yeah. They yeah. get a full row. Yeah. And then the Maybe. next person. 
Yeah, maybe. Probably. Well, yeah. People can well, go around if you didn't get in anybody's me. way. Yeah, well, yeah. that's right. You're right, Teresa. Evan. That's right. Oh, sorry. Evan was... <laughs> I, I, I may have... By the fourth round, and I realized I had absolutely mm-hmm. no shot of getting third place, <laughs> let alone winning. Yeah. I decided to play pig maker, which is like king maker, <laughs> and place my guys to kind of nullify the, block yeah. everybody else. Yeah, and say, ah, but, you're not going to get that whole row. You're going to only yeah. get two I, spaces. Uh-huh. I think honestly, yeah. though, Evan, like this, it is incumbent on player two, three, four to block player one because player one, I feel like, has a big advantage going in. And if you don't take advantage of your advantage of blocking them and <laughs> taking the whole rest of that row from them. Then right. you're you're kind of doing yourself a disservice. I think know? that's right, Mike. I think, I, yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, you have to more just, aggressively block that. But guy. yes, under normal circumstances, being able to pick up the row first should yield you the best set of animals. Yeah, the most the most right. Options. Yeah. So many times yeah. I had like one choice of yep. one animal, yep. one sheep. <laughs> it's like yeah, man, I could go brutal. this way and get a chicken, or yeah. I could go that way and get <laughs> yeah. a sheep. Yeah, yeah. The player, Instead of like yes, one. I got four donkeys or something. <laughs> right. Crazy. You know, player one has a huge advantage in that way, and the 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 compounding of that advantage comes when if you go out first. Well, next round you're also player one again, so you're staying yes. main. Yeah, it's like one a triple advantage. I think house rule: yeah. you should pass the player one token to the right every time. I oh, that would that would have been better. Yeah, I think, a little more yeah. even. Yeah, right. Because Maybe. by round three, Ed was by, ahead by how much? Yeah, it was insane. Forty points. Or yeah, something? like what? Yeah, I mean, I learned <laughs> too when we played the second time. I was just like, I don't care what animal I land on. I'm putting all my guys out first and staying in yep, the first. Yeah, just get your people <laughs> out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. It might be a real first player advantage. Because I don't think that flip over at the end, it is sort of okay if you're looking for one particular thing. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, you're basically just having to pass up a lot of row yep. opportunities. Now, if they yep. did first in, last out, you know what I mean? Like if you, mm-hmm. yes. it, it, then it would be like really good to be the last then player instead. Yeah. 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 So I think that would help too. <laughs> a lot of house rules okay. you can throw at it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are. <laughs> okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Schweinebanda. <laughs> I'm going to start with Teresa. Teresa, oh, what do you think? Awesome. <laughs> uh, well, uh, again, I, I like that kind of puzzle that evolves as we play. The more we uncover, the more our strategy changes, where are you going to place your people? Do you have a way out in case somebody else blocks you? Plan B. Um, yeah. I, and the the way that the turn order is established is it's essential for that strategy as well if you mm-hmm. if you again mm-hmm. want to have that advantage but still I always had options even if I wasn't the first player even if somebody blocked me it's there was still something that I could do mm-hmm. so I always felt like I was going to get something no matter what and our game ended up being really tight so yeah I don't think that that first player advantage was was too bad, actually. Um, so for a game with very few components, I think the simplicity of it and the amount of replayability and strategy is really interesting. And I'm going to dig it up. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Take that, Katana. Evan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, Schweinebande. It was, uh, you know, worker placement game. And it was, uh, you know, compared to others... Compared to others, weak sauce. It's <laughs> is is how, is how it tasted to me. Um, I thought it was marketed more towards maybe a younger player, which is fine. 
I came, I don't know if it was a function of Yukata itself, but it, the scoring convention seemed a bit odd to me. It was, and, and, and the website itself made it even a little more frustrating because I couldn't quite grasp how to click the right buttons to get the order of feeding and collecting the numbers and things. So, so that didn't help. And then the consistent, you know, and then another player having the ability to constantly block other players. I don't think that helps people enjoy it. So mm. sorry, I'm going to bury it in the mud. <laughs> all right, sorry. all right. Mike? Uh, there's a bunch of luck involved in this game. Like that tile flip means quite a bit. And getting the animals you need, also a lot of luck there. And I'd say there's a probable player one advantage, a fairly strong one if you play to the strength of that. Um, but it was cute. It had much more gotcha strategy decisions to make than I was expecting from a game like this. So I'll dig it up. Well, I'm, I... I... <laughs> going to push back a little bit on what Mikey said with you think it's luck. I think it's more less a luck and chance problem. And I think of it more as a push your luck game because you can keep going. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's you're, you're forced to think about luck if you're definitely going to get that first player and I'm going no matter what. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, it's a fun, flipping, fast paced, <laughs> short play time, push your luck, cute theme, wow. decent balance, surprise in every turn. So unlike Hogtide, this pig's a keeper, digging it up for this delicious <laughs> yeah. truffle of a game. Nice. <laughs> wow. All right. If you own impressive. pigs, I totally want to know. And if you like pig-themed games, I absolutely want to be your friend on Board Game Arena. Let us know what you think of this game or anything farm-related. We are <laughs> farm-related on social media. Yeah. Do we have an outro Cue track? Out. We do. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. What's it called? I'm not seeing it in uh, our Just in hit our the intro slate. track. It's the same. It's the right, same yeah. thing? It's similar. <laughs> or, yeah. or, Mikey, you could hum it if you'd like. What about this track? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'll use that one to thank Teresa so much. Thank you, Teresa and Dean, for joining us thank today. Absolutely. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm going to start it now that brings us to the end of our show we look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you're doing we would love to hear from you we are at which game first and if you get a chance please leave us a like a rating a review a shout out mention us down at the dog groomer wherever you are it really helps others find the show we deeply appreciate it thank you thank you so much for listening thank you to our patrons join our chat on our discord channel and i will say Happy Gaming Explorers! Oink oink, everyone! Pigs, marvelous pigs! Oh, and the puppy dog! <laughs> Yay, doggies, too! Oh, that's so cute! You guys can't see it if you're only listening to our audio version. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by which game first? La, 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 la. <laughs> All right. Yay!